Hey everybody, welcome to Brian and Me. We're starting off on a little bit of a somber note. This is something that, at this point, there's really not much else that can be said. I think everyone has said it. But uh, what happened over the weekend with uh, Kobe Bryant passing away? Now, we're not going to be here today to... Um, we're not here to be any sort of source on it, but we're kind of using this podcast as a way to just discuss our thoughts on what happened and what was going on. We're going to have a regular show today, but to start off, we wanted to pay respects to somebody who, um, as a sports fan, who wasn't a Lakers fan, I couldn't stand the guy because of how great he was, because of how amazing he was, but somebody that garnered a lot of respect. And he's had a a tenuous career. Things have happened off the court that we're going to cover that stuff too, but Honestly, Brian, we talked about this offline, off the podcast, but a lot of celebrities pass away. A lot of big names over the past few years have passed away. You You saw Robin Williams passing away. You saw Prince. This, that, and the other. Usually, I can hear those things and be like, oh, wow, that's really sad. Yeah. And then kind of move on. Now, I wasn't a Kobe fan. I mentioned that. But I don't know. This one, this one just just hit me. How are you uh, How are you kind of handling everything that happened on Sunday? Really, it was just one day. It, it was nothing. And then all of a sudden, it legit, it broke Twitter for a minute. How are you feeling? Um, you know, I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, I was never a fan of him. I'm not a Lakers fan. The Lakers at that time were kind of like a lot of other teams that are winning a ton, right? Like you really – you don't like them because they're winning. It's the re- same reason we don't like the Patriots or the same reason we don't like other teams because, you know, they're the best, right? They were they were dominating people, Kobe and Shaq, and then those Kobe you know, Kobe and Powell teams. Um, but you couldn't not respect his game. I mean the dude was a baller. The dude was pure – the most competitive person I think I've ever seen. Like the desire to win on the court was unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, th- but I think what made it the saddest, you know, for me, what really hit me was a couple of things. You know, it was obviously this the stuff with his daughter and how much he's talked about publicly after after he retired from the game, spending time with his daughter and helping his daughter and loving the sport, like just showing that love of the sport, sharing that with his daughter. Um, really hit me, I think, a lot. I think it was also that he, I think, was really showing some promise for the second half of his life. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, he was he was this, like, vicious competitor, cutthroat player. But, man, you saw him, you know, talking about his family so much and taking time to, like, talk to some of the younger guys. And you could see him kind of mentoring younger guys and giving them advice. And, you know, he he won an Oscar. You know what I I mean? I mean, just uh, I was excited to see what was going to come from his life. And it felt like as young as he was, he still had so much more to to say and do and be a part of that. I think it's just kind of the missed potential that was there. Right. He he brought that same work ethic, that same nose to the grindstone and just getting it done to his second half of his life, to being yeah. a father, to loving on his four kids, his four daughters and his wife. That was 
you could see it in him. And now the stories are coming out from everywhere. Right. Stories are coming out from um, anchors who've worked with him, journalists who've worked with him, other players who've worked with him. Last night, if you don't, if you haven't watched it, get a chance to go on the TNT app. I don't know how you can find it. Maybe it's on YouTube at this point. They had an hour-long special where they had um, they had the main folks you see on the TNT broadcast. You had Kenny, um, Kenny the Jet. You had Charles Barkley. Um, you had Shaq on there, Dwayne Wade, Reggie Miller, and then Jerry West joined them. The Shaq video has gone around. It's made its, yeah, it's, made its rounds that. in the last 24 hours. It's everywhere. Jerry West, he was at the point of tears, but to the point that you were saying, just mentoring people and caring about people um, and, and competitiveness too. But Dwayne Wade, he was a young guy in the league in 2009. He got eliminated from the playoffs against the Boston Celtics. And then he's sitting at home sulking because he didn't make it. It was when Boston and L.A. played in the finals. And he gets a call from Kobe Bryant, a guy that they haven't really talked much. They were both competitors, but Kobe called him. And he shared this story last night on the air that Kobe was like, hey, whenever they rush you on the pick and roll, how do you react to it? Like he was somebody that was a, a student of what he did and he cared about what he did. And even going to a younger guy, even going to somebody who was a competitor, he would do that. And he cared about that. And as like you said, the second half of his life was showing all of that same promise. A part of the reason why it is so sad, and we'll talk about this for just a moment, is just um, his daughter also being on the, on the helicopter. And also all the other seven people who are on the helicopter, the pilot... The other, um, the other families. There was a husband and wife and their daughter. There was yep. a woman and her daughter. There was a lot of families are hurting now, and yep. Kobe gets a lot of the focus because he's he's Kobe Bryant. He's an NBA superstar. We put athletes on this pedestal, but can't forget um, the rest of their family. Absolutely. One, a couple things. First, Kobe's legacy off the court. He did have. His issues. Yes. He did have the situation in the hotel in Colorado. I forget when that was, maybe 2004, 2005. Sounds right. Yeah. It was, it was a while ago, which doesn't absolve any wrongdoing. After the court case, after that was over, he went there and he, he fessed up to it. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry for it. Paraphrasing, of course. Sorry for what I did what I thought was consensual and the line that was there and I shouldn't have crossed it. And when there was a civil suit and there was a civil case after that, it seemed like his life changed. You didn't hear those stories after that. You didn't hear that kind of stuff. His wife who God bless her. She stayed with him through all of that. And it was a huge public display. It was a public thing. And now Losing her daughter, losing her husband, everything she's gone through, sticking by him, thick or thin. Domestic or violence victims, abuse victims, they deserve to be upset about the abuse that happens to other people, especially from powerful people, people who hold clout and the response that they get. That should never be discounted. What he did was wrong, and that should never be discounted either. I think a lot of the public discourse on the internet was very open to that conversation 
it was, hey, this was out there. This happened. Now there are a subset of fans who are like, I can't believe you're doing this. He just passed away. All this type of stuff. But it was a part of his legacy. Whether it is a good or a bad mark, which it's a bad one, it was a part of it and people are talking about it. I This has kind of brought, his passing away has brought people, not people together, but it's gotten conversations going. Yeah. For rational human beings on the internet. And I saw a lot of talk about that. Also talk about just enjoying the time that you have. Loving your family, being there for your friends, calling people up and saying, how you doing? Being close to people, reaching out to folks you haven't talked to in a while, keeping those relationships strong. Because ultimately, that's what we have, right? That's what we have at the end of the day are those relationships. The uh, the Jason Williams video, I think I've watched 10 times where, you know, if you remember Jason Williams, who almost who damn near died himself um, on a motorcycle um way back in the day back after he was drafted um had this interview he gave on sports center where he you know it it got went viral partly because he swore he said the word shit on live tv on sports center and apologized for it but just him talking about you know what life is short man we don't know how much time we have if there's somebody you've got issues with reach out to them squash it mm-hmm. You never know when you're not going to have that chance to say something to somebody that you want to say, whether that's, you know, a, a negative thing because you're having a spat or a fight or whatever, or it's a positive thing. Tell the people around you that you love them, that you care about them, that you're there for them. You know, that's we don't know how much time we have. Right. Life's short. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. It's still it. As more details come out, it gets more and more difficult. It gets it's it gets upsetting. I think the the responses that the players have had that you mentioned Jason Williams. There's a Doc Rivers video that's going on out there that yep. was really rough because he had to talk to his team and get his team out on the court, and he himself was it was rough. it was an emotional video because at the end he said I have to go. And somehow tell my team how to play. Yeah. When he himself didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Should the NBA probably have canceled games? I think so. I think they should have. I think they should have canceled them. I think the cynic in me thinks, okay, well, money. Money is part of it. They can't lose out on that. And they already had people out at the arena. I get that part. But any game that wasn't starting or hadn't started, postpone it. The videos of players on the bench crying (laughs) that yeah i saw a great tweet that summarized it pretty well you want to focus on mental health with today also being um the bell let's talk day which is a big day about that but um you saw people tweeting um the one that summarized it again pretty good was you want these players to tackle mental health you want them to be strong and you want them to reach out with their problems but at the end of the day, suck it up and play. Well, you know, if, um, you know, you or I, right, you, myself, yourself, we we are also professionals, right? We have a job. We have a job to do. And nobody's coming up to watch us, uh, to watch us at work. You know, there aren't paying customers that come to watch us do what we do. Um, 
But if, you know, if I had a friend, somebody I cared about, somebody that meant something to me that passed away, I could call out sick, right? I mean, that's a thing. People do it all the time. If it was a close family member, you know, work would give me some bereavement time. If it's, uh, you know, a friend, I'd at least have a day. You know what I mean? Where I could, where I could take some time. Why would we not give those players that same opportunity? Right. Right. And they did postpone the Lakers Clippers game last night, um, which made sense. I mean, they had the Grammys in there the night that it happened. It just, it was a cloud over everything. I think a big part of it is the way that he passed away. The helicopter crash, the fact that it was probably shouldn't have happened. The flight should have probably never happened. That just adds to how sad it is and how upsetting it is. Um, we could go on and on and talk about this. We do have a show we're going to get to. We could talk about how the journalism was awful whenever it happened. Oh, God. How even TMZ breaking it and not telling and not letting the police tell Kobe Bryant's wife about it first. Or the ABC News affiliate in Los Angeles who reported that all four of his daughters were on there and died. It was sick. It was without sources. Yeah. They weren't sharing where this information came from. If you're out there and you see these things on Twitter, these big events, make sure it says something confirmed by per the right. <laughs> have some kind of resource behind it. That's why at first everyone was kind of like when TMZ's came out, no, I, I, I don't believe this. We're going to wait and see. And that's probably the best thing to do. But one of the staples of journalism is not trying to be fast and wrong. If you're last and truthful you're going to be much more respected and events like this kind of show how weak some people can be fighting for a story over fighting for the truth of actually what happened. Right. Um, I could, again, I could go into that for a very long time. We're not going to, um, before we start the show, just all those people whose lives have passed, um, praying for those families, thoughts for those families, whatever you do to respect those who have passed. And for those who are, around grieving with that um we join you in it absolutely hey everyone welcome back to bryant me where we talk about soccer and other things other mls things you just cut out oh i did ah yep all right three two one Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Bryant and Me, where we talk about soccer and other things, other MLSE things. Ooh, oh, yeah, getting some. Premier League or the PL had last weekend off, but the English FA Cup action for both Liverpool and Tottenham went on. There was a couple draws. Both of the teams are handling their replays very differently. We're going to cover that. LFC or Liverpool Football Club increased their lead to 19 points. So there's no longer that fun game in hand that we all get to reference in our favorite Liverpool-related tweets. Yay. You sound really excited. Um, anyway, uh, we'll discuss the recent craziness in Columbus and Cowtown and Crew Land, whatever you want to call it, with a breakdown of everything that's happened really just in the last three or four days. Uh, we're going to cover it. We're calling it the Crew-splosion. If we had a budget for sound effects, that's when we would add the 
I think that suffices. Then I'm going to stump the living daylights out of Bryant Caves. You will have no more living daylights left after I stump all of them out of you. Can I still watch the classic Bond film, The Living Daylights? Hmm? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. But first, we talked on the Twitters that we are going to share an announcement about our podcast. Don't worry, everybody. We are not ending the podcast. You are not that lucky. But I want to pass it over to Mr. Michael Bryant Caves, who is going to share with us our podcast announcement. Bryant, what's going on? So, you know, in kind of a spirit that we've we've spent a lot of time lately talking about, uh, focusing on our uh, mental health and focusing on, you know, doing things that make us happy and things that um, enrich our lives, shall we say. Um, one thing I've done lately to really focus on my uh, mental health is I've really stepped away from reading and, and looking at things related to politics. Um, it's made me, it gets me very angry. It makes me very feel very cynical, um, like things are horrible everywhere. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, they are. Um, I always would acknowledge that my ability to do this certainly comes from a place of privilege of somewhere where, you know, I can step away because, hey, I'm going to be all right, um, regardless kind of what happens more than likely, right? So, um, but as a, to bring that back to the pod, we are, at least for a while, you know, we'll see how it goes, are going to step away from um, kind of the focus that we've had at times on politics, on kind of the day-to-day um, of what's going on in the in the news world and just general politics. If, you know, stories come up that are political but relate maybe more to soccer, to sports in general, um, we're certainly, you know, we could talk about those. But I think for the most part, we're going to spend more of our time really focused on soccer. You know, with the crew season coming up, we'll have a lot of crew-related coverage, uh, a lot of crew-related talk. Um, Premier League is, you know, we're getting into the next round of the Champions Champions League and that kind of Premier League stretch run. So we'll talk more on that and, you know, spend some time on some other pop culture-type fun-related stuff. So uh, if you came here for your political news, first of all, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Um, How dare you? Why would you do that? That's so stupid. Second of all, you know, I hate to disappoint you, but, you know, we are going to step back from that for a little bit. So, no, that's, and to kind of in that same light, um, self care is important. Today is hashtag Bell Let's Talk. It's a day where people are sharing about mental health and about how you should really address it. And it's not about sucking it up and just, uh, uh, you know, taking it like a man and just be okay with it. Um, rub some dirt in it. That's not really the intent of your mental health. You should really take steps to make it better. And um, like Brian said, who knows what will happen in the future with politics on this show. And if we talk about it as the election goes forward, um, maybe who knows what will happen. But we have got over the next few weeks, over the next probably couple months, we do have some guests that are not really related to politics at all. We've got... Ralph Shudell, he's going to come onto the show right before the crew season. He's going to talk about um, the crew upcoming season. We're going to do a season preview event where we talk about that. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Ralph is pretty much a part of any journalistic endeavor you can think about in the city of Columbus. He represents so many teams. He represents crew. He's a journalist. He's a photographer. The dude does it all. So he's going to come onto the show 
and make us sound more ridiculous than we already sound because he's just amazing. And by contrast, you'll never want to listen to us again. So that's always a good thing. We also have a television star. Not kidding. We have a television star who will also be on this show. He's a wrestling aficionado, loves vinyl records. He's a pop culture guru, which I say that about you, Bryant. This guy, he he's right up there with you. Maybe different segments of pop culture, but he's got the chops. He also really, really loves cats. Really loves cats. His name uh. is Mike Kelleher. He is on the show Legacy List. If you haven't heard of it, that's because it's not currently in the Columbus market, but it is a show started by one of the creators, producers of Hoarders, where they go into people's houses. They look for old family heirlooms and artifacts that the family's looking for when they're trying to downsize their home. So it's a pretty interesting show. Um, we can sh- we're going to share the link to it on our Twitter page because that's the only in- that's the only social media we have. But we're going to send out some links so you can watch the show online. It's really great. Mike's really funny in it. And uh, we're going to have him on the show to talk about that, vinyl, all this other fun stuff. But if if it sounds like we're going to be a mainly soccer podcast, if you want to put a percentage on it, it feels kind of like 70-30. I think so. I think it's a good number. 70-30. 70-30. So for those who listen to us and fast forward through the soccer stuff, you should have a really nice, what, like, 10 15 minute podcasts you can listen to and that's really that's a time saver that's a time saver you're so welcome we're gonna hear more about that yeah you're you're welcome brian let's get back into the show how was uh what, what, what was happening over this last weekend with some uh soccerings so we had such an exciting fa cup weekend <clears throat> um pause not <laughs> Not very. Well, you're very... not good at the Wayne's World references, so I didn't know if you would pick that up. I was going with the Borat. Oh, uh... my, my shirt is black. Pause. Not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so both teams we uh, we discuss how to draw. So exciting. Um, Man United played on a field of cow manure. That that field was embarrassing. I will. Did you watch that game? I did. I watched until it was 2-0, so about six minutes into the match. Right, yeah, I did too. And then I turned it off because I don't want to see Manure, which is, uh, ironic enough, um, play on there. But it was fun watching them play in that really crappy field. That The field condition like that is probably why the FA Cup needs to exist, but we'll <laughs> get, in, get into that a little later. Um, and we decided Norwich, uh, shout out to uh, Columbus Canaries. Uh, Norwich decided that they should do a little winning in the FA Cup, but you know, not so much in the Prem. So, yeah, yeah, hey. So starting out with uh, with your good friends there at LFC Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, they took a took a draw from a club that's fifty three spots below them in the English tier. Uh, yeah, Shrewsbury. Be honest with me. Before that match, had you ever heard of Shrewsbury? I've played a lot of FIFA, so yes, I have heard of Shrewsbury. Okay. It was know. not a taming of the Shrewsbury. <laughs> got him. Hey, yo, first one to make that joke ever. Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, you guys played. Kids. Yeah, you played the kids, a few first teamers, guys that were coming back from injury. You had a had a two nil lead on them at one point, and then you managed to bottle that <sighs> thing. So if you really want to consider it, they they won three to one because one of our two goals was an own goal. But anyway, I digress. We had our both of our center backs were guys coming back from injury, guys who have both had first team experience. I mean, Matip was our pretty much first team guy yeah. with Virgil the in most of the season last year. Won the um, won the Champions League with Matip and Virgil in there. Uh, Lovren came back, who was hurt for a couple months, but he, he came back too. But Matip had not played since September. This is his first time getting any minutes since September. Lovren missed a couple months. So it was a rough center back pairing. And honestly, it was a rough pairing when they played together back in 2017 <laughs> before Virgil van Dijk came in and changed, changed the world as we know it. But yeah, we played mainly the kiddos. We played a lot of a lot of kids up 2-0. I thought, okay, this will be fun. And it really wasn't because they came back. Um, they came back and tied it. They came back and tied it. What happened with uh, Tottenham? How was their draw? Um, so I, I want to talk about the Liverpool replay. The fiasco that's happening right now. Fiasco depends on who you're talking about, but or talking to. But let's talk about Tottenham first. How was your FA Cup fun? First, uh, real quick, I just wanted to say. Um, so, would you describe the game then with uh, Joel Matip and Diane Leverin? Um, Would you describe that as a little ditty about Joel and Diane? <laughs> okay, that was good. That was um, that was worth the. That was, uh, whatever that up. was, little diddy, got Joel and Diane. Oh yeah, two Liverpool center backs <laughs> playing in the Shrewsbury land. Oh, damn, <laughs> <laughs> Joel wants to be a football star. <laughs> oh man, Diane's Debbie Tom backseat of. Joel's locker room? I don't I don't know. Oh god, this is taking a turn for the worst. <laughs> this train is this train somebody put a penny on the track. This, this train is this the train is off the track. Uh, <laughs> so Tottenham, how was their FA Cup match? Not near as good as that joke. Um they uh you know they had a one nil lead uh, up on Southampton and um as they've been known Southampton. To, yeah, Southampton. Um, as they've been known to do, um, they got kind of conservative. It was a very, uh, Jose Mourinho. All right, we're going to get up one nil and try and ride this bad boy out, uh, kind of game. And they had some opportunities and then finally, um, I don't remember the minute, but I think it was in the eighties. They scored the, uh, they scored the goal to tie. And yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty upset. I'll be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean that was really wasn't much to say. We really we had a ton of opportunities and uh, just were not finishing not finishing those opportunities. Son, you know I love the guy. I mean it's well documented that he's my favorite player on the team. But he has not played well lately. Missed some more just easy shots that he typically buries. Um, so you know, just kind of, just kind of a, a tale of of kind of what's what have been the woes uh, for Spurs lately. But you know, we're gonna get a replay. Uh, we'll get a replay at Southampton. So or it'll be in London this time. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm uh, I know our strategies, like you said, are differing. This uh, 
Love it. This time. Yeah, Liverpool, our strategy for this upcoming match is um, there is no strategy. Jurgen Klopp had a press conference soon after the match and said, um, I'm not going to do a, a German accent speaking in English. He told the press that, you know what, there's not going to be any senior team members even on the 18 for the replay. And guess what? I'm not going to be there either. I'm giving this team pretty much to the kids. I'm giving it to a different manager. Sorry, everybody. We're going on vacation. Liverpool has decided instead of playing any senior team players in the FA Cup, which normally the Premier League teams in that first round that Premier League joins the Cup, normally they don't play a lot of the big names anyway. Right. I mean, the reason Liverpool, uh, I mean, even against Everton, we really didn't play any big names at all, but we still won that first match. You can see Jurgen's strategy this year is basically the Premier League and Champions League, and that's it. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. I just want the Premier League, and I just want the Champions League in that order. Premier League is top. And you can tell because we haven't lost a single damn game. We've yeah. only had one draw the entire season which is amazing. We're on pace for 110 points. Wow. And we're on pace for winning the league with seven matches left. That's crazy. The record is um, less than 110, and the record for games is five games left. So we're going to break that by two matches potentially. At the end of the season, we could have a 30-point lead. But there's a lot of congestion. Liverpool had to play a Premier League match, go to Qatar, or not, excuse me, um, go to Istanbul for the FIFA Euro Super Super Cup, excuse me, for winning the Champions League, which would be Chelsea. And then we went down to Qatar for the FIFA Club World Cup, which messed up our holiday schedule, which made Liverpool play West Ham today, which I shared in the intro, we won. So now we're 19 points up, no more game in hand for the club. But Jurgen, to some dismay of the media, and you probably have some fans who are more traditionalists, the FA Cup is, for those who are not watching the Premier League or don't know much about it, the FA Cup is a tournament for every level of English football. This FA Cup starts off pretty much after it ends in the lower divisions in the lowest divisions and it moves its way up every club in the english tiers if you're an official club you're in this competition so there are traditionalists probably a lot more in england than there are worldwide that are wanting this club to take it seriously and it's often not a club that takes it seriously it might just be the management between brendan Rodgers and jurgen klopp over the past what, six or seven years, just haven't really taken it all that seriously, they usually will bring their starters into this or the Carabao or the League Cup, as it's called. They usually don't bring their starters into it until quarterfinals. Right. And they kind of let the let the cards lay and see what happens. And they decide if they... Because tournaments, anything could happen. It's sometimes just a luck of the draw. It's It's craziness. One odd bounce can move a team ahead like Norwich. No offense to the Columbus Canaries, but Norwich is in last place in the Premier League. And they're in last place by like almost six points. 
and they're moving on in the and they're moving on in the FA Cup. They keep winning because you can have a lucky bounce or two, and it keeps you in the tournament. Well, look at look at Shrewsbury and Liverpool. I mean, even with Liverpool not playing their uh, their first teamers, right? Playing and to be fair, Shrewsbury is a promotion side who looks like they could be making it to the championship. So they're looking like they could be in the league right before the Premier League. But either way, even if you play the kiddos, losing is not is not fun whenever you're losing to a League One team. You know, you play that game, but kind of where you're going is with flukish things in the tournament, right? If you guys, if you guys played that game a hundred times, uh, Liverpool probably wins what ninety five of them. Yeah, uh, well, that's, I was thinking eighty, eighty to ninety of them. Uh, Liverpool probably wins. The and the others are probably draws. Like Shrewsbury maybe wins one or two with a lucky, but you know what I mean. Like it's, yeah. But but that's why they play the games, right? Flukish things happen. You Just play to win the game. Herm Edwards, man. Um, just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on uh, on St- Jurgen's strategy? Are you are you okay with it? Do you really not care about the FA given the Premier and Champions League? I have a priority of what I care about, and yeah. the Premier League is number one, okay. and the Champions League is number two, and then number three. But the gap is pretty distant between number two and number three. Right. Is probably the FA Cup. They're a subset of fans out there because all all fans on well not all fans on Twitter. They're a subset of fans on Twitter who will tell other fans how to be a fan and tell them that they're not a fan if they don't do this that or the other. Sure, I I think it's fine to not care about a cup competition. I mean Pep Guardiola he's come out and said that he thinks that they should get rid of the League Cup and the FA Cup. Well, he now, said at the same time he also touts his, his team whenever they win them as competitions that are important but has now come out and said differently so how do you uh, so I guess taking this a step further um, though I did I to clarify I think he did say he, I don't think he said scrapping the FA Cup altogether I just think he said scrap the FA Cup replays so like uh, if, okay. if you're gonna you know figure out a way to settle it whether that's uh, you know I would imagine his his idea will probably be you know play extra time and then go to PKs or something you know something like that. But right, um, what what are your thoughts on that? So I know you don't care as much about the FA Cup, but are you, are you in favor of completely scrapping those domestic cups? No, I'd rather do the until you get to probably the quarterfinals, and even that. Now just make it until you probably get to the final. Just make it ninety minutes plus stoppage time PKs. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would probably do. Here's that, I don't want to get rid of it. I think it's cool seeing, you know, Man United play on a, pow, a pasture of cow crap. I think that's great. I love seeing these small teams make it. I mean, one team that I loosely follow. I used to follow them a lot more, but you know, life AFC Wimbledon, which is a League One side. When yes. I followed them, they were a League Two side. They played Liverpool in the first round. That. Premier League teams were in and they almost had a draw I love that the small teams they look to get that match I love seeing the big teams play in small stadiums but I love seeing if there is a replay these teams go crazy because when there's a replay you go at the big stadium and the FA Cup is the one of the tournaments where they actually split the gate fees Premier League they don't split it at Anfield 
the money goes to Liverpool. They might give a sliver for maybe the away supporters or for the team if they maybe support the away supporters going to the match. But Liverpool doesn't share that money of the tickets. Right. For the FA Cup, they have to share that money. Which so, in America, that's something we're used to is them sharing money and you know finances and stuff. But over there, that could make an entire League One's budget. They could be in the black that year because of one replay that gets them to that big Premier League stadium that gets filled up. Unless they play Man City, and then it still only gets halfway filled. So... Uh, and you're going to that point that I think is interesting because there's there's two ways I, I look at it, right? Like, I don't fully disagree with you. I I like the replay if only because it gets the 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 money that those lower level teams get when you can have a a Tottenham or a Liverpool or a Man United or you know some big name club comes to you know, Shrewsbury or comes to, you know, some lower level club that, you know, those first off those fans on a regular basis are not going to get to see that caliber of player in person. So I think it's a cool thing for those fans. Um, But I also think it's big for the club. Just like you said, you know, you get a, you get a full game in your stadium um, where you get that revenue. Not only do you get the ticket revenue is a big deal, but you get those those traveling fans that come. They're buying concessions. They're buying you know merch. Maybe you're buying half and half scarves. You should never do that, but some people do. Um, you know you're getting that revenue that you're not may not get even if you split the ticket revenue at one of the big stadiums. Um, would you be in favor if we're only going to play one game of always playing at the lower level teams' stadium? I'm saying playing at the bigger level team stadium. Liverpool stadium holds 65 some thousand people. Okay. Shrewsbury's getting more money at playing at Anfield than they're playing at their stadium because at their stadium they got like 10,000 people. You're yeah. getting more money at Anfield than you're getting there. No, they need to play at the big team stadium to get that smaller club some money. I guess, I guess that's just why I want the replay. Yeah, uh, I mean, either way, I. I'm not too I torn think this year. Way. I yeah. have, Liverpool hasn't won a Premier League title. They've won 18 titles overall in the first tier, but the pundits or the the trolls, I should say, on the internet will be like, "Well, they never won a Premier League." Blah 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 blah. And when Liverpool win this year, and I said when they win it this year, they're going to say, "Oh, they've only won one." I want to win that one Premier League. Yeah. I want them to have the gold Premier League patch on their arm. I want them to have a championship for the Premier League just so they can shut people up. And right now they're the winningest team in England. They have the most trophies in English history. And I would like to keep adding to it. Yeah. Just to shut Man United up. Before we get going, I just want to talk about one more thing. Spurs had, because we got to move on to our crew, because there's a lot of stuff. It's a crew explosion of oh, things yeah. that happened. Spurs, they signed somebody, Bryant. Woo. Tell us a little bit more. We've actually so this this window, Spurs are making deals, man. We have signed so first off, we signed uh Getson Fernandez. Um Getson Fernandez, we signed good God, Benfica, I believe. Is yeah, Benfica, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Benfica. Um, you know, we'll see. With that one, he's he's a young kid. You know, he's a middle midfielder, kind of attacking type midfielder. Um, 
you know, he's he's not an immediate an immediate difference maker. Um, I would say, but he's a kid who, uh, you know, could develop into something. Um, we'll see. the The one I'm excited about um, was actually one that came out today. Um, it's not as much of a position in, of need for us, but I think this kid's got something. Um, so we signed Steven Bergwin. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that name. Uh, it's B-E-R-G-W-I-J-N. Bergwin, Bergwine, Bergwigen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go with Bergwigen. I think, I think Bergwigen is good. <laughs> Bergwigen. Um, he is, uh, he's a Dutch player. Um, we signed him from, uh, Good God, I am blanking on these names. Oh, it was uh, PSV, Eindhoven, out of the Eredivisie. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation as well. <laughs> we have Michael Jaeger on here. I was good. I was thinking Dutch the same thing. <laughs> we need. My, I should have asked Mike Jaeger what he knew because I guarantee he knows who this kid is and knows all about him. Um, uh. but he's a really promising young winger. Um, I'm really excited about him. He's got a lot of speed. Um, he's done a lot of good things actually in, uh, you know, with PSV. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what he's got. I think he's going to be a fun player for us. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. Maybe could help with our, uh, some of our offensive struggles. Um, you know, we also sent Christian Erickson on to Milan. Which and Brian gives it the Bafalicia. Oh yeah. No, it was, uh. Well, I did. I gave him the curly bill from uh, Tombstone, but you know, it was the well, bye. <laughs> um, and my favorite, oh my god, my favorite thing is there was a video going around today. So he got into the game for uh, Milan today. Um, took a free kick that uh, from almost the corner. So it was basically like a corner kick. And what did he do with that cor- with that kick? What did, did he hit the first man? You better believe Christian Erickson hit the first man. <sighs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Can't get past that first man. Um, oh, man. I know you felt really good about that, didn't you? I did. You know what? He was a great player for us for a long time. He's been it's it's been rough the last year or so, and I and I've been really upset with him. I'm sad it ended that way because I, I really loved him for a long time at our club. I think he was an amazing. He he Solid. led. If Bertongan just got his hands off of that guy's wife, everything would still be good. You know, he led the Premier League in assists during the time he was in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but, you Everyone know. with assists looks good until Trent Alexander-Arnold gets in the league. There you go. Well... I, I'm excited for Tottenham to get at least some new blood. I'm excited for Erickson to get some new, um, new locale. He can be there with Bird Poop Eater, and uh, <laughs> Romelu Lukaku. So I'm I'm excited for Inter. They've got a lot of Premier League flavor now. It worked for Lukaku, so I mean, hopefully he's, it works for for Erickson. The Inter fans are just happy he's white. I mean, oh, that's... <laughs> oh, remember Syria? They have a new campaign featuring paintings of monkeys. To stop racism, they fixed racism, Brian. And, and then, did you see the hashtag they are using with no? Erickson? What is it? Not for everyone. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh my god, that's a whole nother show. I did not see that. Okay. 
I'm moving on. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Columbus crew. Woo. There is a ton of crew stuff that happened in the past few days. Sit back for just a moment while I take you on a little trip Ooh. over crew upsetness-dom over the last few days. There's some good things in here. There's some sad things in here. There's some um, riot-inducing things in here. And this all happened, what, since Friday and Saturday, maybe. Yeah. All these things have happened. First, crew signed polarizing forward, a.k.a. striker, Fernando Adi from Cincy, FC Cincy, the, the chilly rough lads of Cincinnati. Former Portland man was signed as a designated player for Cincy in their inaugural year in MLS. I said inaugural the first time really well. I was surprised. He had a rough first season. Not just on the pitch, which he barely saw, but off the field, too. He had some issues that he claimed the team held him back from getting bonuses. And he also had um, a really horrible thing happened where he had a DUI, where he blew 1.5 over the legal limit. Mm. We do not condone drinking and driving. Please use Uber or Lyft. Please use Uber or Lyft. But the crew signed him. Not signed him, but they got him off of waivers. Excuse me. Now, you can imagine the anger on the Twitters was palpable. People oh, yeah. were upset. They did not like a guy who had this sort of off-field antics, these off-field issues, something that endangers people's lives. Drinking and driving kills people. So we're not joking. Please, you have a smartphone. You're listening to this podcast because you have a smartphone. Just use Uber or Lyft. Don't be an idiot. Absolutely. Really angry until a couple days later when the stuff came out, which... The financials, I should say, came out. We at Brighton Me, we looked in our crystal ball and we tweeted soon after the signing that the crew probably did this, not because Caleb Porter wants to make Portland West or Portland East, because that's how directions work. Because <laughs> he already brought well, to Nagby. You go west. Not. You go west long enough, you're gonna get here. That very true. Very true. Um, people had the theory that Caleb Porter just wanted the Portland Timbers to be based out of Columbus by bringing Adi here from Portland. He brought Nagby here from Portland and Akron, where he taught him at the Mighty Mighty Akron Zips National Champions. And they brought him with Will Trapp, who's also one of his boys with the Akron Zips. But I thought, we thought as a podcast, that they were signing him off of waivers because there was not a big financial it, a financial hit, excuse me. There was not a big financial issue. And wouldn't you guess it, just a day or so after we said that, Jacob Myers at uh, the Columbus Dispatch shared that FC Cincy, of the $2 million contract, is going to pay $1.8 million of the contract. So the crew are getting another designated player for roughly 200000 bucks. Now, in American sports, even the MLS, that's really, that's really nothing. Yeah. That the crew are paying. Since he, if I take the, the, the Billy Bean line from, um, from Moneyball telling David Justice, they are paying you, they are paying us to play against them. <laughs> so they're paying the Columbus crew for Adi to play against Cincy twice this season. So it's really a no risk move by the crew. If he ends up not working out or if the off field things continue, you can get rid of them for pretty minimal price tag. And then once that came out, instead of everybody being mad about signing Audi, oddly enough, everyone was just making jokes about how Cincy has to pay all this money. 
So the morality kind of, <laughs> it's amazing how morality just flew out the window when you can make fun of a rival club. Hell, hashtag hell is real. Any thoughts on that before I move on? There are a few other things. I just want to get your thoughts because that was kind of a bigger thing that happened. I think it's a smart move. Um, kind of like you said, I mean, the hit we would take financially, 200, 200 grand is a ton of money to me, but oh, in yeah. the grand, you know, in the grand scheme of uh, professional sports and MLS, it's it's next to nothing. I mean, it's pennies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we can this is get... what the phrase was. Uh, a source close to the thing said it was pennies the crew were paying. Look at that. Um, so if we can get something out of him, right? I mean, if we can get some goals out of him, I mean, hell, how funny would it be if he, uh, scored against Sensi, right? See what I did there? Um, uh, be good, yes. You know, if he can back up, you know, Jossie's artists and, you know, we could bring him off the bench, right? And he, and he scores a couple goals for us. I mean, for 200 grand, why not? Um, like you said, if the, if he turns out to be a, you know, a problem in the locker room, which, you know, they're there was talk that he was in Sensi, or if he doesn't perform or if he has issues off the field, our hit is next to nothing. So why not take the risk? Right. Right. It doesn't look good for optics. Doesn't look good for PR, but I mean, I mean, that's a chance that you take because people have a short memory. I mean, we already saw it. Like I joked around with the morality kind of going out the window. Once the story arc leaves, he's another player on the club and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. I mean, yes, what he did is, is terrible. You know, I, I have a little bit of, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I, I have experience with this, right? Cause you know, Hugo Lloris had his incident uh, last summer with Olivier Giroud, who we're talking about bringing into the club, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, at some point, you know, the man has, uh, what he did is terrible. But he's, you know, he's paid his debt to uh, whatever that is, to society, whatever the results of that, whatever he had to do. I don't know. But, uh, you know, at some point, you know, you move on, right? I mean, keep an eye on him. Get the guy a, a, an Uber driver, whatever you guys got to do. But, you know, at some point, the man's, enti- the man's entitled to earn a living in some way. If he's a problem, we get rid of him. I mean, doesn't yeah. condone what he did. But no, not at all. We move on. Caleb Porter, he is somebody who has managed him before, and they won a championship together. So maybe Caleb Porter just knows what needs to be done. Maybe I, it's something that he can. Maybe he feels like he can handle it. Right. I, I think that's part of it. Is is I I trust that Caleb Porter knows him, knows what he's looking at, um, knows how he he is, and. You know, if Caleb if Caleb Porter is okay with the move, which I have to imagine he was, mm-hmm. um, then you know I'm going to trust his judgment until he gives me a reason not to. Right. Which, if we keep playing like we did last year, he probably gets fired this year. Other things yeah. that have happened in the crew explosion. <laughs> crew signed legendary U.S. soccer coach Tim Hanley. He came over from the Philadelphia Union, aka hashtag Dupe, and. He comes with three decades of coaching experience. Along that um, is also three MLS Cups. So wow. he's been an integral part of U.S. soccer, and now he's coming to the crew as an assistant coach. So welcome, Coach Hanley, to the club. Also a pretty good piece of news for all those crew fans out there who've been following the crew here for a while. Cancer survivor slash OSU guy slash former crew keeper 
Matt Lampson has returned to the crew from his journeyman couple of seasons. He spent some time up north. He spent some time out in um, spent some time out in L.A. Spent some time out in Chicago. He's had uh, yeah, Chicago. I think so. People will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, our the Bam Army will let me know. I have an open door policy for all uh, Bam Army members. He returns to the crew after a couple of years away. So welcome back to the crew, Matt Lampson. He's going to be backing up Eloy Room on Eloy. the crew. So that's pretty exciting. Eloy. So we got um, a really solid backup keeper, too, who has a lot of first-team keeper experience. So I'm not saying there's a goalkeeper battle because I think Room is shown that he is the keeper for the team. But it it's good giving your main guys a little bit of pressure. You talked what? about Adi with, with Zardis on there. Hey, Zardis, if you have some sitters that you missed, like home against Cincy last year, if you have some of those issues, guess what? There's somebody who started a lot right behind you. It kind of gets you to be like, okay, I don't have um, – no offense to the younger guys on our team, but I don't have J.J. Williams behind me as a striker. I have Fernando Adi, or I don't have John Kempen behind me as a, as a goalkeeper. I have Matt Lampson. It, it kind of makes them a little more um, on their toes. They're Stuck not as comfy. Minding your, you know, you're you're in practice, right? You're going to work that much harder because you've got legit competition. Um, you know, I think that kind of presence too. Somebody that's somebody that's that's been there, that's that's been in the league for a long time. Um, I think can only be good for a young keeper like Eloy too. I mean, just somebody. Yeah. That he can, uh, you know, learn from somebody that will push him, somebody that knows what they're doing, um, kind of show him kind of the ropes, you know, show him yeah. how to be a professional long term. I mean, Eloy has a ton of potential, but he's still young. So, right. and goalkeepers, their shelf life is forever, forever, forever. Yeah. Some other things that happened. Dwight Burgess, um, he was on the TV broadcast for the Columbus Crew SC. Stepping down from broadcasting the crew after 20 plus years being associated with the team. So, all respect to you. He has, all, he has also left the door open. Not saying that he's completely done with the crew, but maybe we'll see him back in some capacity. So, Dwight, uh, we'll miss you on the television broadcast. We'll see what they do in short period of time to bring in a replacement. Also, just uh, within the last 24 hours, crew had a draw against the Whitecaps in their last U.S. preseason match before going to Cancun for a little more preseason practice. Pedro Santos had the goal to get a point. That doesn't matter at all because it's the preseason. So <laughs> who gives a crap? And then this morning is really when all the fun started. We're recording this on Wednesday night. You're probably listening to this Thursday or Friday or Saturday. So by the time that you see this, and really at this point now, the, the raging fire has turned into a little itty-bitty bonfire. But Wednesday morning, a lot of fun started. Uh, Michael Aris of the Dispatch broke a story with a lot of snark involved. There was a good amount of snark in his story. There's a little of, um, good amount of uh, ribbing in his story about the potential change for the crew. And that potential change, what you might ask, is... The crew exploring a rebrand. Rebrand. Now, this came out. I saw this at work. I got to work around 7 a.m. this morning. I opened up Twitter just to see what was going on. Usually, there's not much going on at 7 o'clock in the morning. There was a lot going on at 7 o'clock this morning. 
because when that story broke, all heck broke loose. Oh yeah, in the crew hashtag crew ninety six Twitter sphere, there were there were riots, and people love a good riot. Oh yeah, you see a couple people getting upset. I think I saw, oh I don't know how many, ten to fifteen at least, and I didn't look through the hashtag at all because. I I like Twitter, but I also hate comments. So yeah. I don't really check up on hashtags a lot much. But there were 10 to 15 people saying they're getting rid of their season tickets. They're worried that the colors were changing, the brand was changing, the name was changing. All these things were changing. At one point, it was early in the morning, but the hashtag Crew96 hashtag was in the USA top trending hashtags. Wow. It was in like the mid to high 20s. On the U.S. trending hashtags, people were getting very, very upset. There were a lot of hashtags being shared about um, hashtag Save the Crew Two, hashtag Save the Two, Save the Crew Two Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> hashtag Keep the Crew. There were a lot of a lot of things happening. People thought that they were going to completely remove everything from the from the club, remove the logo, remove the colors, remove the name. People were calling out um, the Haslam's, saying that they're going to do the same thing to the crew as they did to the Browns. Although I did make an oranges oranger joke early on from the podcast account because it was just a sitter. It was an easy. It it was it was a hanging curve, right? It was just right there, <laughs> ready to be knocked out of the park. Um, I kind of like throwing gas on the fire sometimes. Oh yeah, I like walking up and. You know, there's something going on like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's really horrible, isn't it? Or I had a friend who I used to go to sporting events with. Um, and if there was a fight that happened at the sporting event, like we used to go to indoor arena football games, but like super minor league arena football games where every game there was a fight. Anytime that there's a fight happening, he would yell from the crowd, talk about his mama. And he would talk, and like I like doing that, the Twitter equivalent of talk about his mama. So I even posted a picture of my son wearing a we all we all cheer for the yellow soccer team. Nice shirt. And it looked like he was upset. Which actually, Mr. Bryant Caves and Alyssa Caves bought it for him for his birthday. So thank you very much for that. Um, I even threw a little fire, a little gas in the fire by posting that picture. It was just for me. It's a lot of fun because overreaction is really easy. It's easy to get upset about things very quickly without getting the details. Brian, when you first saw it, what were your initial thoughts? No filter. What did you think? You know, I, I freaked out just like a lot of the other people did. Um, I was like, you know, for my first thought is what the hell are they doing? Why would they do that? Like it, it just didn't, the the full rebrand right the the first idea that it was you know they're dropping the colors the name the logo everything and it's going to be you know columbus fc or some nonsense oh yeah um, city fc that was a trademark that somebody found and they pulled it out and they shared it on the twitters which ultimately love columbus city fc was not something the crew were trademarking apparently that was a trademark of the owner who owns the columbus eagles Trying oh. to start a men's minor minor league hockey, hockey, <laughs> football club, aka soccer club, here in the capital city. Continue. So, uh, you know, my first thought is, it makes no sense, right? Because you've built up all of this, 
um, excitement and passion. And, uh, you know, there were, what, 4,000 people at the groundbreaking for the new stadium? I mean, it was... I was there, yeah. Why, you know, why would you throw away the the entire, like, save the crew movement and the passion that people have built up and all of this? And, of course, the answer to that is, of course, because they think they'll make money. Um, Which is what I thought. I thought that the new ownership wanted to get their cut of the trademark, wanted to get their cut, even though MLS ends up owning all the the rights to everything anyway. But I felt like the new owners would get a cut. You know, and then, you know, as the day went on, I know you and I both kind of followed it and we we both follow and interact with a lot of crew uh, folk on Twitter and kind of saw that, you know, Dr. Pete uh, put out a Twitter post that, you know, they're keeping the colors like the colors aren't changing, which, mm-hmm. you know, that was a sigh of relief. I think the, the color scheme is cool. The um, name is also staying. Tim Bezbachenko right. came out later and said that the, the name is staying. You know, I personally think their logo is really cool. Um, as somebody who um, hasn't been a crew fan for a super long time, like I, I knew the crew existed before I moved here. I didn't watch a ton of MLS, but, you know, I knew that logo. I was in uh, over the summer on vacation. I was in Chicago wearing a crew shirt and I had multiple people that stopped and talked to me, um, about the crew. So, you know, that's a logo. I think that people recognize. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know why they do that again, other than because they think they can make some money off of it. But I mean, I would be upset if they did it now. Does that mean I'm going to, uh, stop following the team or, you know, something like that? No. Um, and, and I think that's another thing, you know, I think the people, is there a small percentage of people that would st- if they change the logo, that would stop following the team? Probably a couple, but here's what, here's what I can tell you. Cause I've been through something similar with this. So, um, you know, for those that don't know, I'm sure I've said this before, but I went to Florida state, right? We actually changed our logo. Um, it would have been probably 20. 13 2014 something in there um and really it was nike that had us change our logo because nike wanted to slap a new logo on things to sell some shirts and hats and and stuff like that right initially people were very very pissed people were you know i'm not gonna buy season tickets i'm not gonna buy any merchandise with you know fsu on it i'm not gonna do this or that the team won the team won the team show that they were good and people stopped talking about it. Nobody cares. There's still a few people every once in a while that'll complain about it. For the most part, nobody cares. The people that care about the team are going to care about the team regardless of what the logo is. Yeah. I I think after the the anger subsides, I think that it goes back to it goes back to supporting the club. If you support the city, if you love the city, they support the team. And that's everything the MLS does, the the negative points about the MLS. If you're still supporting the team now, I don't think a minor rebrand should be the reason that you stop. If you're okay with the, um, the MLS system, if you're okay with how they do, if you're okay with everything being an MLS contract, all the teams pretty much just being all MLS. If you're okay with all of that, 
changing a logo. Eh. Yeah. I mean, now I think that since they came out, the black and gold is going to stay, the name's going to stay. People have, as we said, the, the fire has is really been put out. Right. But if you're still hanging on to the logo, it, it's about the city. If you love the city and if the team is the city, you should follow your team. If that's the reason you follow the club is the city, then that's the reason. If the reason that you follow the club is the logo, then maybe, yeah, just don't follow the club anymore. That's the decision you can make. This is America. Make those decisions all you want. And how weird is that that you would follow the team just because of the logo? Like, are you just are like aesthetic people out there? There's a whole. If you watch, if you follow UniWatch on the internet, on Twitter, as I should, I said follow on the internet. I sound really young and hip. If you follow how, UniWatch, how do you on do, Twitter, fellow kids? <laughs> thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve Buscemi. I am Steve Buscemi in real life. As I as the days go on, I get older and older, and everybody gets younger and younger. Um, there are people out there who love the aesthetics and will be upset about the minor aesthetic changes, but if that's your mo, then then go for it. And it's I'm been really I'm, busy in the crew world, hasn't it? And I, and I'm one of those people. To be fair, like I'm a I'm a Jersey guy. I love to talk about jerseys. I love to look at jerseys. I love to debate who has, you know, good jerseys and bad jerseys. And that's, I've always been a, a jer- I, I don't wear them often, but I've always loved looking at them and discussing them. But yeah, I mean, the logo is, the logo is great, but I like the logo because I like the team. Right. Like the logo in and of itself is not why I support the team. So it's like, would I prefer that they keep the logo? Sure. But is that going to make me stop following the team? No. Will I buy new stuff that has the new logo on it? Probably. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... It, 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 as they say, it is what it is. Another thing we didn't even mention, too, the crew jersey was leaked. Love it. I like it. Some people are indifferent. I think some people hate all the MLS jerseys regardless because Adidas is on there. I also, I'm also i not a big fan of three stripes having to be on everything, but I do like how they're giving a, a nod to the first season to the old MLS, and they're showing they have the three stripes kind of on the on the corner there. You see people, yeah. um, you see the necklines too are also a little more uh, traditional to when the MLS started. Um, I'm getting a new I'm getting a new jersey. The only thing that might stop me I know this sounds so weird because I'm a baseball fan. I'm not a baseball purist, but I like that baseball doesn't have ads on their stuff. The crew jersey looks weird without an ad on it. I don't like, to me, when I see a soccer club that doesn't have an ad on their jersey, it means that they, something's wrong. Like something's, like what's happening that you don't have an ad on your jersey. So that kind of makes me suspect. We had a great idea on our Twitter feed of Hot Chicken Takeover. As yes. the sponsor of our of our kit, if you have other great kit ideas that you would like uh, to have sponsors on there until a sponsor shows up, um, I think you should throw it out there. Tag the crew. Tag, tag Dr. Pete. Um, tag everybody who has influence, and we'll see what we can do about updating that crew jersey with a sponsorship. But, Brian, we've talked enough. We've talked a very long time. Let's do it. About about soccer and all those things. We need to we need to change it up. I want us to get into a little bit of 
stumpage, we're going to call it. I'm going to stump the crap out of you. And I think uh, at the end of this, you're going to be saying, stop, stop, please. Don't stump me any longer. I've been stumped long enough. So, sir, are you ready for the stump? As ready as I'm going to get. Here we go. We want the stump. Gotta have that stump. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a year. These are all movies. You're going to pick the movie based on the ingredients of a famous drink in that movie. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Now, people don't know. Brian is an aspiring... You want to be a licensed... What, a beerologist? What do they call them? Um, a certified beer judge. Thank you. Certified beer judge. That's exactly what I said. If you rewind the tape, that's exactly what I said. So you, you, you're a fan of alcohol in a responsible <laughs> way. Please Uber and Lyft. You, you could say that. <laughs> so I think these will, I think these will um, be good for you. So I'm going to give you the ingredients and the year of the movie, and you're going to tell me what the drink is. There are only a handful of them. Okay. We're going to start with the first one. This is from 2006. Okay. The recipe is three measures of gin, one of vodka, a half measure of quina lele, and a lemon peel for garnish. Hmm. 2006. It's the year I graduated high school. So I couldn't drink yet when I would have seen this. Take a gamble. What do you think? Good God. Um, 2006. Whatever Bond movie came out in 2006, because it sounds like a martini. Uh, let's go with Die Another Day. Oh, Casino Royale. Okay, that's right. Die Another that Day was, was not. That was when James did not do the martini, vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Right. He, yep. he had a Vesper. He was very specific about the drink that he wanted. That's you were absolutely right. I knew it was Bond. I just couldn't remember which one came out that year. Dang, Casino Royale was 2006? Yeah, it was. You're really old. All right, next one. Jesus. <laughs> 1998. One and a half ounces of vodka, three-fourth ounces of Kahlua coffee liqueur, and three-four ounces of cream. My favorite movie of all time. It's a white Russian from the Big Lebowski. Ding, ding, ding. You've got one. You're one for two. Good job. That was good. All right. Next one. 1993. A lemon twist, ice, and sweet vermouth. 93. It always makes me think of Rome, the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. Wow. I when I have s- this drink, I like to I like to toast to world peace. I am blanking here. Oh my god. 93. I'm going to hate myself for this. I have no idea. That is the favorite, uh, the favorite drink in Groundhog Day. Oh my God! Okay. With Groundhog Day coming up, I thought it would be a fitting. I thought it'd be a fitting one I'm, to. Uh, 
You are stump, stumping the hell out of me here. You're really stumped. Yeah. Next one. This is from 2004. Okay. A drink that comes from a fickle grape, a dry and fruit-forward wine with strawberry, cherry, raspberry, and blackberry fruit. Pinot Noir. I'm going to go with, uh, was that Sideways, the Paul Giamatti movie about it wine? It was. I am not drinking effing Merlot. I've never oh, actually... <laughs> I've never actually seen Sideways. I just kind of, I knew it was about that time period. I knew it was about wine, so. That's fair. (laughs) All right. Next one, 2003. Okay. Suntory Whiskey and Ice. It's uh, Kill Bill. Right? No? You have the right idea with uh, Kill Bill being very heavily um, connected to Japanese lore. Lost in translation. Well, Bill oh, Murray is in, yeah. in Japan. So that's uh, that's okay. This one's a little easier. 1991. A dry red wine made from Sangiovese grape. I said that exactly how it's pronounced. Nailed it. It's usually consumed with Italian food. I'm not going to name the name of the drink because it'll give it away. Is that uh, Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I ate I, his liver with some fava beans and a nice uh, Chianti. <laughs> Good job. So far, you're about, what, what two for five? Uh, I think I've gotten, I've gotten three so far. I think i got Sideways, uh, Big Lebowski, and uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> i got two more left. All right. And we're done. From the year 2000. In the year 2000. For Conan O'Brien fans out there. Do you remember that old sketch? No, I guess not. He had a sketch when he was on um, The Late Show on NBC, where it was in the year 2000. And whoever the guest was, they would put these like orbs around their neck. They would turn the lights off and they put flashlights over their faces. Look it up on YouTube, folks. And they're like, in the year 2000. This will happen, or something like that. And the joke was that they were so close to the year two thousand, uh, and then they would. It, oh, it's a classic. There's I, also it also is the start of a uh, my favorite flight of the Concords song. Hey, the um, stumping is about me. Okay. Okay, that's fair. No, continue. Flight of the Concords. Just say it. Come on. It's uh, robots. The humans are dead. Um, the they the first line is the distant future. The year two thousand. Uh, the distant future, the distant future. Great song. Look it up. I'm really glad I let you share that because I feel like that really enriched um, what we were doing. Okay. This is from the year 2000, which we've established very well at this point. Um, JB Scotch Whiskey, No Ice, and a Corona. JB Scotch Whiskey. Wow. JP Scotch Whiskey, No Ice, and a Corona. I am I am failing this miserably. Um, American Psycho, Christian Bale. Uh, yes, that's right. Okay. And this next one, this is not a movie. This is a television show. One Sugar Cube, th- two to three dashes of Angostura bitters, two orange slices, three ounces of bourbon whiskey, and a Marciano cherry for garnish. 
I know the drink. Uh, I know it's an old fashioned. I'm going to go with Mad Men. I believe that was Don Draper's uh, drink. Yes, Don Draper did not have the orange slices or the cherry, but yes, it is an old fashioned for Mad Men. Good job. You got you got four out of eight. Hey, that's a really solid showing. I'll take it. I consider the stump crap uh, the crap stumped out of you. That sounded better in my head. All right, Brian, take us home. All right, guys. First off, thanks for listening to us. We always appreciate it. Um, take a few minutes, hang out with us, send us some fun ideas for the show on Twitter. Um, first off, you can follow the show at Brian and me. I'm at Pickle Chips with the S. Replace the <laughs> I's with the ones. I got it right this week. Uh, you can follow Thomas at one Thomas Costello. We have a lot of fun on Twitter. We we uh, pour gasoline on crew-related fires and all kind of other fun, hilarious hashtag content. Um, give us a review on iTunes. Funny reviews will always be shared on the pod, on Twitter. Um, we may even start giving out prizes if uh, you really give us a great review. As always, tasty always morsels. Be, ooh, tasty, tasty morsels. They should always be five stars, even if you tell us we suck. Um, <laughs> it should always be five stars. But you know, give us feedback. Tell us how great we criticism. are. Yeah. Tell us how we have faces for podcast. Um, <laughs> tell us things we can do better. Take um, my wife, for instance. Please take her. <laughs> I try to take her anywhere, but she keeps coming back. Hey. <laughs> There's a there's a ninety percent chance that we'll be recording at the uh, Queen Anne's Revenge Tailgate for Christmas. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're gonna have uh, some guests, maybe someone eating something disgusting on a video feed. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned for more info. We may even have merch to hand out. And you know, even if we don't record, we might still have merch. We'll see about that. Um, speaking of the tailgate. Uh, non-perishable food items will be donated at the Mega Tailgate. Um, they're all going to WARM. W-A-R-M. What does that stand for, Thomas? Go to Twitter and find out. It's at W-A-R-M underscore 1972. It is a local group that takes that food donation and gives it to people who need it most. Very good. Hey, while you're collecting canned goods to bring to our uh, lovely, lovely tailgate, you know, be a friend. Tell a friend about the pod. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, random people you meet in the street. Yeah. Anyone that you meet, tweet at various brands and tell them how they should be giving us money to hawk their items. Um, whatever we'll you want to do. Oh, oh, we're we will whore out, man. I I'll t- I'll do anything. If they're paying us, we'll hawk anything. Yeah, if you think that we have respect for ourselves if you think that we have creativity uh license to where we feel like we can only be the ones who uh, share our information you have not listened to many episodes of our podcast you clearly have not been paying attention to us <laughs> so we'd always appreciate you know anything you can do to help spread the word about bryant and me uh thomas anything to add before we head home in a couple days, Brian and I are going to go see Trampled by Turtles at the Newport Music Hall. We are extremely excited. After it took, it feel like a week, we finally have a plan for what we're going to do. This is shaping up to be a pretty exciting, 
exciting Friday night. If you haven't listened to them, give them a shot. They're um, at Trampled by Turtles. They're an Americana folk kind of band. Folk, you don't don't imagine it as like a slow folk band. They they're quick. They've got a lot of sounds. They've got a lot of oomph in their music, and it's just good stuff. So That's, give them a shot. I've heard people describe them as a bluegrass band uh, that didn't grow up listening to bluegrass, but grew up listening to like rock and roll. I like that. That sounds much better than my description. Um, and hey, if you have, if you're listening to this and you're gonna be at the show, hey, say hey to us. Buy us a beer. Say hey. <laughs> Buy us a couple. We, you know, we like free stuff. So, you know, buy us a beer. We'll talk to you as much as you want. Um, otherwise, guys, you know, remember what we said um, earlier in the in the show about the, you know, the mental health stuff. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. Reach out if you need help to somebody. Otherwise, have yourselves a great night. Take care. Adios. Bye.